G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Each one of us has something in our makeup, in our lives, that we could call our particular stubborn sin. And that one thing so fractures our fellowship with God. But what if God is ready to help us deal with that one stubborn sin? Thank you so much for joining me. And today we're going to take another look at your relationship with God from a different perspective. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever it is you happen to be dealing with in your life. Just at the moment. I don't know if you're married or not, but if you're not, just humor me and and use your imagination for a moment. Imagine that each time you lean over to kiss your husband or your wife, he or she slaps you in the face. You just want to be close, and yet the one that you want to be close to slaps you in the face each time, offends you, hurts you. Their response to your desire for intimacy is a slap in the face. Now, you and I don't have to have a counselling degree to figure out that this is not going to be good for our marriage, right? In fact, if it happened just once, it'd be downright insulting and hurtful. But imagine, imagine if it went on for a few days or a few weeks or a few months or even for a few years. How do you feel? Delighted, close to your soulmate? Fulfilled in the intimacy of your relationship? (laughs) Not likely. In fact, I would be pretty confident saying that if this went on for more than a few weeks, it would be a pretty certain bet that this marriage would fall apart. So why should it be any different with God? We can probably think of some times when people have slapped us in the face, perhaps not literally, but let's use that picture as a metaphor for what happens in relationships. And it may be that we decide to hang in there to maintain the relationship, but just one slap in the face can ruin the fellowship. And consistent slaps in the face over and over and over again are going to mean that we are miles apart. Even if we decide to stay in that marriage or that friendship or that work relationship or whatever it is, the slaps in the face are a barrier to intimacy. It ain't rocket science. And you know something? It's exactly the same when we slap God in the face with our sin. Sin is a simple little world, but it covers a multitude of things. But actually, there are very few things that God says, don't do. It's like a marriage. There are very few things I can't do. But there are a few, and they're blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. If I do those things, I will ruin my marriage. If I avoid them... God will give me the most wonderful, delightful, intimate marriage, which he has. I love this. It is so simple. Sometimes we make this stuff so complicated, it ain't. And it's the same with God. It's really simple. There are just a few things we can't do. 
Let's go back to Adam and Eve. They, they had a perfect relationship and fellowship with God in the garden. In fact, there was only one thing he said don't do. Don't eat the fruit of this one particular tree. Now, there was nothing special or magical or anything else about this tree. There was no hallucinogenic drug in the fruit. It was just a tree. The thing that was special about it was that God said, not this one. What God was doing was he was loving Adam and Eve. He was making sure that they had the ability to choose to love him back, to live in a perfect relationship, an intimate relationship with him, or to choose to turn their backs on him by doing the one thing that he said don't do. See, without that choice, their love would not be an act of free will. And without free will, love isn't love. We all kind of know the story. God said don't eat the fruit from this tree, but they were tempted, and they did eat the fruit from that tree. And look what happens next. The very next thing, Genesis chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But God called to the man and said, Where are you? Adam answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, The woman, the woman that you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and then I ate it. Perfect relationship between God and Adam and Eve. And the, the very next thing that happens after they disobey God is the relationship is broken. They run and hide from God as if that's possible. The intimacy is broken. The perfect relationship they had with him, the fellowship in the cool of the morning is broken. And not just between God and Adam. But Adam turns around and blames Eve. So he fractures their relationship too. That's what sin does. That's what happens when we ignore the blindingly, glimpsingly obvious things that God says don't do. You know the thing with sin? It's a BGO. It's blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. It's not rocket science. It's not complicated. And each one of us has one or two things that persist and persist and persist. Persistent sin. It's like slapping God in the face. I don't know if you've heard of the seven deadly sins. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, which is laziness, wrath, which is anger, envy and pride. And they're vices. And somehow the way it turns out is we each seem to be prone to one or maybe two of those more than we are to the others. Let me read them again. Lust, gluttony, greed, sloth or laziness, wrath or anger, envy and pride. With me, it was gluttony. I'm your original foodaholic, truly. I love food. And anger was pretty much up there as well for me. Both issues that God has had to deal with me in. Otherwise, I wouldn't be much use to you if I was an angry so-and-so. It's been hard and God's still dealing with me. But I, I've discovered if I don't let him deal with those, I can't on my own. They're beyond my abilities. They just are. And whatever your particular vice or persistent sin is, it's beyond yours too. It's the way we're made. It's so obvious, and yet like Adam and Eve, we just blunder in there anyway. 
time after time after time. And as we continually slap God in the face with those sins in our lives over and over and over again, he never gives up on us. But it does fracture the fellowship. It ruins the intimacy. So what's the answer? If I can't deal with this, if you can't, how are we going to get close to God? How are we going to remove the barrier to intimacy with him in our lives? The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, The message of the cross may be foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are saved it is the power of God. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and a foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. My message and my preaching were not wise and persuasive words, but in a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. See, God doesn't expect us to do this on our own. God gives us power through His Spirit. His heart is for intimacy with us, and He gives us the power to bring about change. like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word as well. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.